0: series. Here comes the dreamer. Here comes the dreamer is amazingly a mocking statement. That is how the brothers of Joseph mocked him when he came to them. You know, his father sent him to go watch them and they saw him and they say, here comes the dreamer. You know, isn't it amazing? Sometimes what people use to mock you is actually God's plan for your life is actually the key to your destiny and your purpose. Sometimes can become what the enemy uses as a mockery. Uh, and we've talked about the life of Joseph. When we started the first series. We said, I am Joseph. We look at seven ways where we are all Joseph. We, all have, we are all beloved of the Father, just like Joseph. Just like Joseph, we all have dreams, things that God has put in our hearts. Just like Joseph. We all, our dream have significance, eternal significance, just like Joseph. The enemy will attack your dream, just like Joseph. Your dream will test your character, just like Joseph. You will require forgiveness to really, really enter into God's plan and purpose for your life. Last week, we talked about the purpose and power of dream, and we look at seven truths about your dream. Your dream are from God. Your dream are for God's purpose. Once God gives you a dream, your dream, you become the custodian of God's dream. Your dream becomes your guiding principles and your inner compass. Your dream becomes your reason to trust God. Your dream increases your faith. Every dream carries the ability to bring fulfillment. Dreams have a life of his own. They hang over you. They're over you. Dreams are like spirit. Dreams are like seed. They carry power, they carry ability to create. When God gives you a dream, there's a creative power in your dream. Your dream is how God's dream come true. Hallelujah. So today we're going to take a look at how to destroy the dream destroyers. We're going to look at certain dream destroyers, certain spirits that the enemy sends and their purpose is to destroy. You see, if you're going to fulfill your dream, it's because you overcome the obstacles that the enemy put in front of you. If you're going to fulfill your dream, it's because by the grace of God, you are able to overcome, resist, and trample, and destroy every dream destroyer in your life. And as we preach today, we're going to pray in between because I believe that this message is really prophetic This message is also, you know, is gonna be we're gonna make declaration as we preach because I believe God will use this message to activate things in people's life and to release people from every bondage and every spirit that is stopping your dream in the mighty name of Jesus. First, I want to challenge you that you must fight for your dream. There are so many people listening to me who have given up a fight. On your dream, you see life has done a number of you. You on fa- a number on you. You faced many disappointments in life. You've been so disappointed. You have faced many obstacles, setbacks, and you are about to just give up on your dream and settle for less. Some of you age is about to cause you to give up on your dream. Some of you, you know, circumstances of life, betrayal. You know, you've gone through so many things. The journey has been long. Some of you are battle weary. But I speak over your life, the strength of the Lord, that the Lord will renew your strength in the mighty name of Jesus. I was speaking to somebody a few weeks ago. He said, I've just been fighting, fighting, and I am tired. But I release over your life, you will not be tired. In the mighty name of Jesus, you will not be battle weary. The Lord will strengthen you. The Lord will empower you so that you can stay to the end. In the mighty name of Jesus. Why must you fight for your dream? You must fight for your dream because your dream is a subset of God's dream. You see, many of us don't know that God himself has a dream. God has a dream. God's dream is that no one will perish and everyone will come to repentance. That is God's dream. He says, so God himself has a dream. God has wish lists, things he look for, things he's looking for. God has a dream for his church. It is the dream of the Lord that the mountain of the Lord will be exalted, will be established as the highest mountain, And all other mountains we stream into it. That is the dream of the Lord for his church. It is God's dream that the church of the Lord will make known his wisdom to the world. God has a dream. God has a dream. In Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 and 10, the Bible, I mean, the, the revelator told us, After this I look, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they carried, They cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. God has a dream that every tongue shall confess. Every knee shall bow unto Jesus. That is God's dream. God has a dream for the children of the world. God has a dream for orphans, that they will find mothers and fathers. God has a dream. God has a dream for autistic children. God has a dream for people who are suffering in the world. God has a dream for men. He has a dream for women. God has a dream for his church. Your dream is a subset of his dream. You see, he has decided to apportion a portion of his dream, and he's put it. The Bible says the Lord has put eternity in our heart. Eternity is God's dream, and he has put a portion of that in your heart. So as you go around, you are a carrier of God's dream, and that is why you must fight for your dream. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that is also why your dream is under attack. In Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, rather, verse 2, chapter, uh, verse, chapter 2, verse 4. 2 Thessalonians, chapter 2, verse 4. The Bible says, don't let anyone deceive you in any way. For that day will not come until the rebellion occurs. And the man of lawlessness is revealed. That's talking of the Antichrist. It's his spirit. And the Bible says the spirit of Antichrist is already here. The man doomed for destruction. I want you to look at verse 4. Verse 4 says, he will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped. Hallelujah. So that he set himself up in God's temple proclaiming himself to be god the enemy always opposes anything that is god if you're wondering why he's attacking you if you're wondering wondering why he's just over you why he's against you where everywhere you go there's an attack of the enemy it is because there is a dream there is something that is of god residing inside of you that you carry around there's a dream waiting to be fulfilled Inside of you that the enemy is opposed, that the enemy is against, and the enemy is attacking. You must fight for your dream. You must fight for your dream. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. The apostle told his son, his spiritual son, Timothy, he said, Timothy, my son, I am giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies. Once made about you, so that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well. By recalling them, there's words spoken over your life, that's God's dream. There are prophecies spoken over your life. There are words he's giving you. There are promises he's putting you years ago. You know, while you were praying, while you were in a retreat, while you were worshiping, while you were in your closet. There are dreams he put on you, in you when you were young. The Bible says those are words put over your life. The Bible says you must keep them. You must record them. You must fight for them. So I want to challenge you today, ladies and gentlemen, fight for your dream because God is on your side. Hallelujah. That dream depends largely on you. That dream is going to come to pass because you decide it must come to pass. Joseph is Joseph because he chose to fight for the dream. Joseph is Joseph Because he refuses to give up, give up on his dream. Yes, he was rough. Yes, he was tired. Yes, he faced opposition. Yes, he was attacked. Yes, there were so many things that were against him, but Joseph decided I am going to tarry. I am going to wait on God. I am going to fight for my dream. I am not going to give up. I am not going to quit on God. I am not going to just walk away. I am going to stay through. Just like Abba said, Do it tarry, wait for it. For the vision is for an appointed time and it shall come to pass. You have to be like that. I will stand and watch. Hallelujah. So today we are going to look at Three major enemies or three major devices or three major demonic spirits that the enemy used to attack Joseph's dream. To destroy Joseph's dream. I'm going to go through them and we're going to really pray after each one of them. Alright, we're going to take a few minutes or seconds after each one of them to pray. The first thing that came against the dream of Joseph was the spirit of death and destruction the spirit of death and destruction. And I'm going to take us to Genesis. We're going to look at his life. We're going to read uh, from 3, you know, 3 to 8. And then we're going to read 18 and 19. I'm going to tell you a few things. Now, the spirit of death and destruction, you know, is, you know, that is the main aim of the enemy. You know that John chapter 10 verse 10 says, the enemy came to do what? To steal, to kill, and destroy. That has always been his goal. Jesus said, I have come so that you may have life, and you may have it abundantly, or have it to the full. So, his goal is to steal, his goal is to kill, his goal is to destroy. So there is always a spirit of death and destruction set to target. You see, your dream is like a baby. Your dream is like Moses. Don't, there's a spirit of Pharaoh that came to destroy the life of Moses. Moses was God's dream. And Moses was his mother's dream. You see, God put a portion of his dream and he put it on in the heart, in the womb of the Moses' mom. So he, she became the carrier of God's dream. And she fought for her baby. She wasn't going to let anything take the life of her baby. Now every other mother gave up. Every other mother said, what can we do? What can we do to error? There's nothing I can do. We don't have power. We don't have anything. We don't have, you know, I don't have, there's no way to fight. They didn't put up a fight. Moses' mother said, I'm going to put up a fight. You know, let me tell you, the fight is not physical fight. The fight is spiritual fight. I believe Moses' mom went on her knees. He went on fasting and prayer and he said, God, my baby must not die. My baby must leave. Whatever you need to do, God, I need a word. Tell me what to do. I need to do something. This baby is special. There's something about this baby. My baby is not just any baby. Yes, other mother might give up. I am not giving up. And I need people who will say, I am not giving up on my dream. Others might give up. Others might just say, yeah, that's, that's them. But I am not giving up. And that's what she did. And the Lord gave her a battle plan. The battle plan did not make sense to anyone. You know, the battle plan did not make sense at all. In the inside, it looked like a brilliant one. But I'm sure he shared, she probably shared it with her husband. And they said, what are you talking about? That's why the man wasn't there. The man wasn't there. It's like, what are you trying to do? You're going to put a baby in a basket and put a baby in a river? I said, that is what the Lord revealed to me. The Lord told me that is how I am going to save my baby. And the guy said, well, over to you. Whatever you need to do, do it. But I don't think that makes sense. Sometimes what you need to protect your dream will not make sense. Praise the name of Jesus. So I want to let you know, let's look at Genesis chapter 37. Now Israel loved Joseph. You see, before I go, the spirit of death and destruction has some Minor spirit is, is like a, even in the spiritual realm, there are a major spirit and there are a minor spirit. There are other spirits that work to accomplish that. And we're going to identify some of those spirits. Now Israel, I'm reading from verse 3 now. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. And he, came, he made him a tunic of many colors. And from when his brother, but when his brother saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. So one of the spirits, you know, that accomplished death and destruction is the spirit of hatred or first of all, spirit of envy. You see, first of all, they envied him. They hated him because they envied him. They were jealous of him. They were jealous because the Father loves him. You see, demons are jealous of us. They are jealous of you, you know. They are jealous. Spirit of jealousy attacks you. Spirit of jealousy. There are a lot of of people who are jealous of what God has for you. Now, it's not just them. You see, when people all of a sudden become envious and jealous, sometimes we are surprised. You know, sometimes we want to, you know, the Bible says our, you know, the, you know, our, you know, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. We need to be discerning. There's a spirit behind jealousy and hatred. There's a spirit behind it. It's not natural. And that's why you have to recognize that and not fight people who are jealous and fight the spirit of jealousy that is after you. Praise the name of Jesus. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 14, 30, jealousy is like a rot. is like it rottens the bone. Jealousy is like cancer in the bone. Hallelujah. So they, they were jealous of him, and because of that, they hated him. Look at that. You know, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. So, obviously, from the beginning, just because the love of the father is on him, just because they, I mean Joseph knows God loves him, the father loves him, the enemy, his brother, who was supposed to be for him, you know, but the, the enemy entered into them, and they began to hate him. You know, so, so from verse 5, Joseph had a dream, he told his dream to the father, I mean, to the, to the brothers, and look at what they did. Let's go to... Let's go to verse 8. And his brother said to him, shall you indeed reign over us? Shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dream and for his word. So the spirit of hatred begins to come in. And you know the Bible says anyone who hates a brother or a sister is a murderer. Because hatred is a servant of the spirit of murder. The spirit of death. You know, hatred is a servant to that spirit. So let's go on. You see that when they saw him, you know, in verse 18, you know, the father sent Joseph to go meet them, you know, to go check on them because they were, you know, they were walking in the field for a very long time. They was go and check on your brothers. Go and see how they're doing. Joseph looked for them. Joseph found them, you know, as they saw him from a distance. And before he reached them, what did they do? They began to plot. The Bible says they plotted to kill him. You know, in verse 19, they began to mock him. Here comes that dreamer. They said to each other, that's a spirit of mockery. A spirit of mockery is a spirit that ridicule God's plan and God's work in your life. You see, these are demonic spirits. Sometimes we don't know. They are demonic. Sometimes even when we cast out devil, the devil mocks. Demons mock. It mocks what is God. And there are some of you, you face mockery. People mock. They deride. They put down God's plan for your life. Have you noticed sometimes when you decide to serve God, when you decide to go all in for God, you know, there are people that mock that. They begin to mock you and Spirit of mockery, you know, brings spirit of discouragement. Mockery discourages you. Mockery belittles you. You know, the Bible says when Nehemiah was building the temple, one of the things the enemy sent, I mean, was building the wall of Jerusalem. One of the things the enemy sent was a spirit of mockery. You know, Sambalat and Tobiah, they began to mock you see, they began to mock the people. They began to mock. They began to say, "What kind of what kind of wall is this? Even if a even even if a donkey ride on your on your wall, that wall is going to fall down." You see, when people heard mockery, after a while, they became discouraged. I mean, you know, mockery can discourage you from pursuing God's will for your life. Because it's a spirit, it looks like just mere words. You know, people say sometimes people mock you. Sometimes there are people who mock what God is doing in a church. You got to be very careful. You got to be very careful. It, sometimes it looks like a you know, it looks like you know, something small. They are just joking, but it's a spirit of mockery that is on top of people that mock maybe the move of the spirit. You know, maybe somebody is under the power, or maybe God used you. You gave a word, and there's you, ha, ha. you know. Such a thing can just stay in your heart and you don't want to do it anymore. And you're just you're just mocked. So, you got to be very careful. Sometimes when you are pursuing your dream, the enemy sends spirit of mockery. You see? So, you see all these spirits combined. Spirit of envy, jealousy, spirit of hatred, spirit of mockery. Then it became conspiracy. You know, they began to plot. Spirit of conspiracy, you know, came to destroy him. And I declare over your life. Every conspiracy to terminate you, to terminate God's dream for your life, we destroy them in the mighty name of Jesus. I want us to pray together. I want to lift up your hand and say, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, every conspiracy against my life, against my destiny, against my dream, every conspiracy to kill... Every plot to kill your dream, your dream over my life, I come against them in the mighty name of Jesus. They shall fall. They shall fail. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, I I pray you will raise up Reuben. You will raise up intercessors in the mighty name of Jesus. You will raise intercessors in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I terminate every terminator. I destroy in the mighty name of Jesus. I stand against every spirit of death that is appointed over your life. I come against them. I destroy them. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, the enemy wants to terminate God's plan before it comes to fruition. Because it's easy. It's easier to kill a baby than an adult. It's easier. It's much easier to kill a baby in the womb. We call it abortion, right? That's a way of terminating dreams. It's much easier to kill a young baby, you know, because it's easy. They can fight. They can resist. It's it's more difficult to kill an adult. That's why the enemy targets dream when they're in its infancy. And that's why if you have a dream, one of the first things to do is to go in the place of prayer. If you have a dream, the people to share your dream with are intercessors. Because that is where dreams are saved. You know what saved Joseph here was Reuben. Reuben, one of his brothers, interceded. They would have killed him. We would never have read about Joseph. Joseph would have just been a dream that never that we never that never came to pass, that never got realized. So, in verse twenty-one, Reuben heard it and he delivered him out of their hands. I am praying the Lord will send you your Reuben. The Lord will just send intercessors, people that will intercede, people that will break break every plot of the enemy over your life and frustrate them in the mighty name of Jesus. So Reuben heard it. Reuben delivered him out of their hands. And Reuben said, let us not kill him. And he said to them in verse 22, shed no blood. You know, and he distracted them. He said, you know, let's put him into the pit, which is in the wilderness, and do not lay a hand on him. All right? And he said that so that he might deliver him out of their hands. And bring him back to his father. So Reuben was an intercessor. All right. You know, somehow Reuben had power over these people. Somehow Reuben was able to stop this, you know, plot to to happen. And, you know, and that was how God stopped the spirit of death and destruction. Hallelujah. And that's how Joseph's dream survived the spirit of death and destruction. Now, The enemy moved to the next. He moved to the spirit of bondage. And look at what happened. You know, as soon as Reuben went, you know, Reuben wasn't there. Reuben was, uh, you know, so they came, it came to pass in verse 23. When Joseph had come to his brother, they stripped Joseph of his tunic and tunic of many color and was, that was on him. Then they took him and cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty. And there was no water in it. So they put him in a pit. All right, And they sat down to eat a meal. And when they lifted their eyes and looked, there was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels, bearing spices, balm and myrrh, and on their way to carry them to Egypt. So Judah, who was the gang leader, the ring leader of the enemy, supposedly, supposedly his brothers, you know, a backsliding Judah, Judah, said to his brother, what profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? come let us sell him to the ishmaelites and let us not let not our hand be upon him for he is our brother and our flesh you know even act like he's doing joseph a favor i mean what good is it to sell your own brother I mean how I say oh yeah at least I deserve some credit I didn't kill him we just sold him to slavery I mean that's as if we should really as if he was doing something that was you know sometimes that's how this demon work your own brother blood brother raised in the same family you know you can do this against him so it's important for us to know and I want you to be careful these are not individuals sometimes we think our battle is against flesh and blood i am talking about spirit here sent to target your future your dream and to you know and and to stop it from coming to pass because he knows your dream is God's dream if your dream is fulfilled God's dream is fulfilled so the battle is beyond you is about God but God has put eternity inside of you so this is what happened and they sold Joseph to bondage that's a way of saying <laughs> You think you're going to rule over us? You think we're going to bow to you one day? You think that dream is going to come to pass? You think you have the word of God? You think you have a word of prophecy? You think you have a ministry? You think you have, uh, you know, a business idea that God has put in your heart? You think you have that? Let me tell you, you know, we're going to make sure you are frustrated. And, you know, then the enemy sent the spirit of bondage. You see, bondage limits you. That's what bondage does. You see, they tie him, they put him into a pit. You see, when you're in a pit, what can you do? When you're in a pit, you eat only what they give to you bondage limits you bondage inhibits you bondage you know bondage restricts your movement you know bondage just remove everything you know that is able to that you know it make sure you are not freed, free to move free to act free to do what god has called you to do the bible talks about bondage to fear some people you know their bondage is fear Fear has held them bondage. They are not able to move. They are not able to step out. They are not able to declare. They are not even able to declare their dream. They are so afraid. Some of you, God has put so many dreams in your heart. You are so afraid of telling anybody so you don't look like a failure. Some of you, God has put a dream in your heart. You are so afraid of stepping out because what am I going to eat? What is going to become of me? How is it going to happen? What of this? What of that? Oh, there's pandemic. There is this. There is that. There is this. There is that. That fear fear has paralyzed you and is preventing you from experiencing the power of God. I need to tell you your dream is God's dream. If God has put it in your heart, it will come to pass. Sometimes the devil puts people in bondage to sin. You know, sometimes sinful habits in our life, they are bondage that the enemy uses to cut us off. The Bible talks about, you see, if you look at the, the book of Proverbs, you know, Ecclesiastes, you will see how the Bible portrays adultery, for example. Adultery is a bondage. It you know, it steals your future, it steals your it steals the grace of God over your life. You know, fornication. People will just indulge in these things. They, those are stealers, those are things to destroy you, those are things to hold you bondage. E aí <sí> to hold you, to ensure that you are not able to move. You know, those are things that is set to destroy you, destroy your marriage, destroy your life, destroy your ability to be free, to be what God has created you to be. Some of you are in bondage to sin, sinful habits, drugs. Some of you are in bondage to relationships. Some of you have formed soul ties. Those relationships are meant to drag you down. There's someone here that is in a relationship. It's like a bondage. And I pray and I declare in the name of Jesus that bondage is broken in the mighty name of Jesus. Every relationship in your life, every friendship, every romantic relationship in your life that is a form of bondage limiting you, preventing you from becoming what God has called you to be, I break them now in the name of Jesus. Bondage. Relationship bondage. You know, Somebody just popularized the word entanglement, right? <laughs> entanglement. I'm like, oh, we know that. We've been hearing that for a very long time. People get entangled easily. You get entangled, you know, and that's how they are. You get entangled like a web, and you're not able to be this is stealer. It's a destroyer. It's a spirit of bondage. Hallelujah but the bible says praise the lord the bible says wheresoever the spirit of the lord is there is freedom Thank God for the spirit of the Lord is the spirit that breaks bondage. Thank God for the spirit of the Lord. The Bible says, whosoever the son has set free shall be free indeed. Thank God for the spirit of the Lord. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Stand God for the spirit of the Lord. The Bible says, stand fast therefore in the liberty in which Christ has made you free. And do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Don't be entangled. Don't allow yourself to be entangled in relationship, in all kinds of bondage. So they sold Joseph to slavery. That's bondage. And that kept him. And the Ishmaelite sold him again to Potiphar, the Egyptian. And he, was a, he, was a, he, was, he did well in Potiphar's house. He did well. You know, he did well. You know, but, I, but no matter how, where you did, in a place where you were a slave, you know, you're still a slave. A slave is a slave. He was in bondage. You know, a prosperous slave is still a slave. You know, I'm from Potiphar's house. You know, just as, just as things were beginning to get better, just like things were, you know, looking up, what happened? The enemy sent him to another bondage, using Potiphar's wife, set him up. Those are spirit. Those are demonic spirit. That's not, you see, he started from his brother to, you know, to Potiphar's wife, totally unrelated. I'm sure Joseph is like, what what happened to me? Isn't that how, how, that's how we feel sometimes. I mean, why me? I mean, why me? I mean, what what did I do? What is, what is, what, 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 what is going on here? I mean, that's how Joseph must be feeling, you know, because now he ended up in prison bondage but there's a, there's a spirit there's a spirit of liberty in the house so I want you to lift up your hand and say Lord I release the spirit of liberty over the people in the mighty name of Jesus I break every, every spirit of bondage bondage to sin bondage to fear bondage spiritual bondage bondage entanglement that is sent from the pit of hell to limit to inhibit to restrict i break them now in the mighty name of jesus i declare you are free in the mighty name of jesus i declare you are free in the name of jesus you have liberty whosoever the son has set free is free indeed freedom is yours In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen, amen. And the next thing that the enemy uses is the spirit of delay. The spirit of delay. You know, all this was to delay. You know, that's another spirit that he uses. All this was to delay. And you know what delay does? (laughs) Delay causes us to give up. You see, when you are being delayed... You know, you just say, you know what, I I can't do this anymore. I cannot do this anymore at all. And that is the spirit of delay. You know, Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope that is defiled makes the heart sick. All right? That's what delay does. Let's Let's go to Genesis 40 to see how this thing, how bad it was for Joseph. You see, throughout Joseph's life, one thing you will notice is he was a patient person. You never heard Joseph was a complainer. He was not a complainer. He was not a whiner. He was not somebody. He was of good spirit. You know, he was in good spirit, good mood. He did so well in his, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't really acting out in Potiphar's house. Some of us, sometimes that's where we miss it. We just act out. Just because life is not going well, things aren't going well, we act out. You know, everybody around you must bear the brunt of it. Everybody around you must suffer because something is not working in your life. You must make everybody miserable. That is not how to fulfill your dream. No, 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 no. You know, Joseph wasn't that kind of a person. He did so well. He was so nice. He was so prosperous. In fact, the Bible says because of him, God blessed Potiphar. Can you believe that because of the presence of Joseph in Potiphar's house, there was so much favor upon, Potiphar, upon, upon Joseph, you know, that it became contagious. Potiphar began to prosper because of Joseph. And, of course, there was a plot because the enemy wouldn't stop, you know, and Joseph found himself in prison. While he was in prison, of course, you know, it's so because Potiphar was one of the officials of Pharaoh, so the kind of prison he sent Joseph was, you know, it was kind of like a White House prison of, of sorts. All right. So some of Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's cupbearer uh, and some of, some of his workers also were sent to that same prison. So they met themselves, and Joseph became the pastor in prison. He became the spiritual person in prison. He became the person that was always praying for people in prison. You see, he wasn't in prison and acting out and getting angry and wouldn't talk to anybody and was always moody, was always down. No, 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 no. He was not that kind of a person. That's amazing if you look at what he has gone through in life. I mean, that is unbelievable after suffering what he is suffering for more than 10 years at this point 13 i mean oh, about 11 years at this point he's been going through these ups and downs this is somebody that started well with a lot of dream because of this dissolution man, he did not allow it to affect him and joseph continued so what he what he what he happened what happened is you know this 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 uh the baker you know, the person that makes bread for the and the, and the cup bearer, you know, they, they were in prison and both of them, you see, they were just looking sad. So they woke up one day, they were just looking so morose. They were just sitting down quiet, you know, not happy. And Joseph, you know, Joseph saw them. And what did Joseph do? Joseph just said, what's going on? And you're not looking happy today. It takes someone with a good heart to do that. I mean, you know, it takes someone with a good heart to even notice other people suffering. A, to, you know, to notice other people were suffering, it takes a heart. You see, most of us, when we are going through, we don't care about what going through. Right? Most of us, when we are going through, we don't care. We don't even want to care. We don't want, in fact, we care about us and we are angry at everybody that they are not caring about you. Joseph was not that kind of a person. And he asked them, what's going on? And they told them, we had a strange dream. Both of us, same night. I had a dream, and they shared his dream. And Joseph said, you know what? The interpretation of a dream belongs to the Lord. They said, really? I said, yeah, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's ask the Lord to reveal it to us. Really? Yeah. You know, maybe let's have some fasting and prayer. And let's trust God that he can reveal it. Wow. It takes someone that is special to do that. And in the course of time, the Lord revealed, and he was so specific. You see, the Lord revealed the meaning of of those dreams to joseph he see, turn out to be one of them who was going to die you know joseph told him uh, the other person was going to leave he said within three days you are going to leave and at this point joseph you see that this thing was getting to joseph and i noticed that when i read verse, chapter 14 i read verse 14 and 15 and joseph told this guy after i told him within three days the king is going to forgive you and not only are you going to be forgiven, you're going to get your job back as the cupbearer. And Joseph told him, but when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. I was forcibly carried off from the land of the Hebrews. And even here, I have done nothing to deserve being put in prison look at him look at him i mean he, he this is you know he, this is delay. this is what delay does to us you see it's an agony he's it's, it's, it's gotten to a point when he's tired he's been delayed you know he had this dream and for no fault of his, for nothing he has done wrong he found himself in prison where he had done nothing wrong, and he's you know he, you know he just said you know well please mention me to Pharaoh, maybe something is gonna happen. Mention me. It was not even a it was not like a logical, it was not like a probable that much because what was Pharaoh gonna do? Pharaoh didn't know you. Pharaoh knows nothing about you. I mean, so but he just said do something. But look at verse 23. <laughs> verse twenty three. That tells you there's a spirit at work. When you read verse 23, the chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. I mean, what? How could you forget something that memorable? I mean, how is it possible? For two years, this guy, you know, sometimes that's what we face. There's a spirit of delay. That want to delay your progress. Delay God's work in your life. And today in the mighty name of Jesus. We banish every spirit of delay. In the mighty name of Jesus. Everything that is delaying God's plan for your life delaying your marriage, delaying your job, delaying you from having children, delaying you from fulfilling your dream, delaying you, delaying you, wasting your time. I come against them now in the mighty name of Jesus. I want you to lift up your hands and pray. I want you to begin to come against every spirit of delay. I believe there's a grace in the house. There's a favor in the house. There's an anointing in the house. So, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, maliketese, maliketese, Every spirit that hinders, every spirit of delay, every spirit that delays the plan of God for your people. In the mighty name of Jesus, I come against you now. I arrest you now. In the mighty name of Jesus, I release haste. I release haste. I release haste. Quickening in the name of Jesus. I decrease speed over your life in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray, I pray for our young ladies who are trusting God for their own spouses. I come against delay over your life in the mighty name of Jesus. I release speed in the name of Jesus. I pray for our young men. I come against every spirit of delay over your life, delay in your education. Some of you, you have been trying to get your degree. It's been delayed. There's one thing after the other. Some of you, it's your immigration. There's one delay after the other. It's another story. It's another thing. Some of you, has to do with your business. It's another story. Something needs to be done. Somebody forgot. Somebody forgot to do this. Somebody left this. This is coming. This is missing. Father, every conspiracy to delay your agenda in the life of your people, we come against them now. In the name of Jesus, Amen and Amen, Hallelujah, 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 Hallelujah. But the, the Bible said the Lord caused him to remember. You see, the Lord gave Pharaoh a dream. The Lord gave Pharaoh a dream. The Lord God is a God will remember you. You see, God will cause things to turn around. So what happened? The Lord Pharaoh had a dream. And what happened? Eventually, this guy remembered. And he said, wow. In fact, even him said, he said, look, I remember my sin. You know, and things turn around. Things are going to turn around for you in the mighty name of Jesus. Don't give up. The Bible says, hope defiles, makes the earth sick. The Lord is going to come through for you in the mighty name of Jesus. So finally, what happened? Joseph found himself in the, form of in, the, in the sight of the king, and the story goes on. Interpreted the, the dream, and Joseph became the prime minister of, the, of Egypt. And that was the fulfillment of God's dream. You see, your dream has power, your dream has life, your dream carries the presence of God. All you need to do is to stay true, all you need to do is to be faithful. And the Lord will fulfill his dream over your life. I'm going to pray over you. If you're looking at me, especially you have not given your life to Jesus. And you're looking at me here. There's a dream over your life. God has a plan and purpose for you. Before you were born, he knew you. He knew you. He knew you. He knew you. He knew you you will be watching today. And your dream needs Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate dream fulfiller. That's God's dream. And if you don't have him in your life, your dream is not going to be fulfilled. So I want you to stretch forth your hands to me as you are watching. And I will pray for you. You want Jesus in your life. I want you to stretch forth your hands. And I will say and repeat after me. Jesus, I thank you. Thank you for going to the cross for me. Thank you. Thank you. And today I surrender my life. I confess you are my Lord. I confess you died for me. You, rose, you were buried and you rose again. And I accept you as my personal Lord, as my personal Savior today. And I ask that you will make sure your dream for me is fulfilled. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, Father, I thank you for your word. Your word will not come back to you void. Your word will be fulfilled in the lives of your people today. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. We're going to hear some few announcements. Uh, from uh, the Kenneth Genevieve, and we're gonna close. Amen.